0: Right on, good morning, church family. as the kids head out, uh, and before we get to this morning 's message i uh, I have some fun uh, updates about our church family and things that are coming up in the next week or so that I want you to be aware of. so um, first of all, just thankful for Christy and the team leading us in singing and Thankful for that, them and serving always, and in this case, uh, giving the opportunity for Pastor Matt and family to get some time off, so we're thankful for them, and thankful for all of you that serve and give of your time and energy and spiritual gifts, our children's ministry team and our ushers and our tech people and our musicians and just so many that uh, serve and make it possible for us to gather and worship, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, So, yeah, so thankful for them, and uh, as the kids head off to class, here's what I wanted to let you be aware of, is in two weeks from today, January 29th, we have an annual congregational meeting. Uh, You're all welcome, but especially those of you that are official members are encouraged to stick around after the worship gathering on the 29th and be part of our annual congregational meeting. There's going to be a few different uh, good things happening as we ask God to show us what He's doing here in the coming weeks and months. Uh, But one of the main things we want you to be aware of that we are doing that day is uh, elder elections, voting on a couple of new leaders And so uh, I want to introduce you to a couple of those, one today, one next Sunday. Uh, But before we introduce you to the couple of uh, men that are being nominated to serve as elders on our leadership team, I want to just also say um, that two of the elders are rotating off our our governance structure uh, um, says that uh, someone can serve for six years. And then rotate off the team, and so I am super thankful for Michael Davis and Grant Stewart, and uh, in, encourage you to <laughs> encourage you to, uh, when you see them, thank them and appreciate them, and, and when you think of them, pray that this would now be a new season of rest and spiritual refreshment and encouragement for them as they rotate off the team. Uh, and then, like I said, in two weeks from today, then, we're going to invite you, the, the official members of our church family, to vote uh, to affirm the nomination of two more leaders. One um, is, has served many years on our elder team before. He's been off this past year, and he's nominated to return to the team. And uh, we'll actually hear from him up here a little bit next Sunday, but that's Darren Davies. He's right over there. So we're excited to have him back on the team soon. And then I want to invite Stephen Schilling to come up here, and we're going to, uh, let's welcome him up, and we're going to talk with him a little bit. This is my friend Stephen Schilling, a familiar face to many of you. Let me grab you a mic, my friend. Let me give you a hug. What's up? Welcome up here. Everybody's favorite place. Thanks for coming up here. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, the, uh, the elder team is our leadership group here at the church, and we uh, enthusiastically uh, support, endorse, recommend to you um, that in two weeks from today, we vote to affirm Darren Davies and Stephen Schilling to join our elder team um, and just super thankful for uh, all that 's been going on uh, in the last couple of years. The elders have had lots of great conversations with men in our church family who Um, would consider whether they ought to serve as elders or not. And there's been prayerful conversation and thinking and seeking the Lord. And and then we're asking God to show us in, in His timing... Who do we invite to be connected with the team? And so, uh, in this case, both these guys were putting forth to you. After lots of good conversation, right? Yeah. Uh, you and I have talked. You, you got to read, uh, or are reading one of our books that we as elders have really appreciated that talks about the role of elder as a pastor and shepherd. And so, I'm sure, what's the result of all this, Stephen? The result of all this is you've just always been dying to be an elder, I bet. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: that's okay. Yeah. So... Actually, not interested at all was my first reaction, (laughs) um, especially after the last few years and we going through the church stuff that we've done. Difficulties, yeah. You know, 22 years ago, I had a uh, marriage counseling with my wife, and the pastor that was there sat us down and was talking to us about our relationship and all that kind of stuff, and he mentioned that I would be a pastor and I was mm. like uh no I'm a contractor <laughs> I build houses I'm not interested in being a pastor or in that role at all Yeah And so going through this book um we kind of learned that an elder's job is a little bit like shepherding and not a formal pastor but shepherd Yeah And so yeah. it opened up my eyes to see that that's maybe a direction that I should go. Excellent.
0: Yeah, you and I have had that conversation, and and I was telling you how I had a similar experience with a mentor who uh, spoke plainly to me about the possibilities of what God might want to do in me, and that was something I needed to get kind of um, a kick in the pants to think differently about how God might want to use me. So since those days 22 years ago, being told, oh, I think you could be a pastor, and not really thinking much about it, what do you feel like in recent... um, weeks and months, what are, what are one or two are things that God has kind of shown you or done to help you to see how he might want to use you in this role?
1: Well, God softened my heart a lot in yeah. that aspect. And, you know, there's a lot of people in this church body that have come to me and said, you know, maybe consider
0: it yeah. um, and think about it. And yeah. so... Now,
1: don't get I... a big head
0: about that. <laughs> but, that but that's encouraging that, yeah. that our church family knows Stephen and, and encouraged you to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's uh, one of the main things.
1: And then God also softening my heart. Um, yeah. To be willing to even come up here and get in front of people is, you know, not something I'm comfortable with. Yeah.
0: So, okay. Yeah. Well, and w- but what, what, we, what we see in you, the elder team, and so many in our church family, is, is your care for others and your interaction with our church family, even without the title We feel like you elder people shepherd and care and pray for and nurture. And uh, you and Lori, your wife, are so hospitable in serving people in your home and caring for people and being open to all relationships, global relationships that God uh, may have for you and have just seen your servant heart uh, over and over. And so now is just the next step in that is uh, being willing to serve Jesus by serving our church family in this role. So um, last question for you, and I'll let you get out of here. Okay. how do you, what do you think you um, kind of hope for? What do you ask God for? How would you love to see God work in you and, and really in the whole elder team in terms of how we serve the church family?
1: Well, I'm looking forward to being part of a team. Yeah. that um, I've never done that before, so it's new to me, yeah. and I'm looking forward to that.
0: Most but, of them are pretty good guys. Yeah, yeah, them. I, yeah
1: I know. Them, so they are, <laughs> but, um, but I guess just being part of... Helping people get to know Jesus better yeah. is the, the biggest thing, and guiding them in that direction.
0: Yeah. So, That's the yeah. heart of an elder. Appreciate it, my friend. Thank you. I'll take that from you. Appreciate it. Let's thank Stephen again. Thanks, brother. So again, in a couple of weeks, we have an opportunity to uh, for the in the uh, an, annual congregational meeting to vote and affirm our nomination of those two guys. And uh, next Sunday, I'll bring Darren up here, and we'll pester him with some questions as well. So that'll be good. Hey, uh, you uh, often hear me refer to you and welcome you and call you church family. Uh, But here's a dad joke. Today, um, church family has a little bit of a double meaning. So I want Tyler and Jennifer and the kids to come down here. Let's welcome up the church family. I know you guys have never heard a, a joke related to your it's last name of church. church family. I'm sure no one's ever had any fun with that. Before.
2: You're the first one. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> well, if I said come up here, church family, I didn't want all of you up here. I had to be clear who I was to. Let's slide right over here, if you guys can. Yeah. My slide right kind of to the middle. And then. Uh, so this is Tyler Church, his wife Jennifer. Uh, they are um, among the missionaries that Faith Church supports in serving God by serving uh, the world and pointing people to Jesus. And so I wanted to get them all up here, have Tyler introduce your family, or have, and have Jennifer give us an update on how things are going, what God's doing in your lives, and uh, and then we'll let you guys go. Okay. Cool. go for Cool.
2: Go ahead, Jennifer. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much. Can you hear me? Yes.
3: Thank you so much for having us today. We're very thankful to be here. And we are blessed. Yes, Tyler and I. I'm Jennifer. And we have Natalie who is how old are you? Almost. Um uh, oh, wait. Almost, okay. almost. Um six. Yo, wow. Yes.
0: How old are you? Yeah, I'll hold it. Thank you. Come on. <laughs> yes, yes.
3: How old
0: are
3: you? I'm four.
0: Yes. Right on.
3: (laughs) And Noah is a year and a half, and then we're excited to have a baby girl joining us in April.
2: Yeah, Uh, congratulations. And He wanted his turn with the microphone.
3: He would have lots to say. So yes, um, we're very thankful to be here. We live in North Carolina. We moved there about five years ago. Um, Tyler and I were married about seven years ago and then um, felt called to serve with Transworld Radio in which, where their headquarters are in North Carolina. And Tyler will share more about that in a minute. But um, we are very thankful to be there. Of course, miss family here in Oregon. But I'm thankful to be there to serve with them. Prior to mar- marriage, I had served in Africa in um, Mozambique, Chad, and Uganda for a few years teaching missionary kids over there. And so um, that was just another aspect of ministry. But today my ministry is our children and I get to stay home with them and help take care of them and serve in that way. Um, but we are very thankful to be here and very thankful for your support of us. And thank you.
0: Great. And I know you have some family here with you as well. Welcome to the extended family that's joined you. And uh, and fun for me, when I was brand new here at Faith Church in 2017, uh, the church family was uh, kind of following God's call and already mm-hmm. headed uh, to move. And so I got to be part of, we dedicated Natalie uh, when she was little and just, I think, several months old. Yeah, all. she was, yeah. And that was the Sunday that we prayed for you and sent you off so in the ministry so. to serve. So... Love a neat, you guys. and our, memory, yeah. Yeah, that and so, so it's thing. great to have um, people serving our church family and, and representing us, uh, and that we can support who, who love this church family and have roots in this church family. And uh, we're thankful for you guys. So
2: thanks, right on.
0: Yeah. All right, guys, have fun. Go tell uh, some more people how old you are. <laughs> okay. It's more fun in the microphone though. All right. Well, Tyler and I are going to have a seat so that we don't both pace around up here or something. I don't know.
2: Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of like, uh, the, the Sunday morning show with Derek.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, no, no. I don't I'm, know. I'm the
2: second one, you know, this we, morning. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We're just bringing up guest after guest who's going to be next. <laughs> Watch out who I might call up here. Um, Mostly we want to hear from Tyler this morning about, um, and, and we have a few different ways that we're going to share with the church family about TWR, Trans World Radio, the ministry that they serve. And, uh, but before he tells you a little bit more, actually we're going to show a video too. Um, when I was, you know, as I've gotten to know Tyler, as I've heard a little bit along the way about TWR, here's a couple things on the screen that caught my attention um, that they are from their ministry, from their website. We believe that the gospel, let me, let me stop there help me out. The gospel is what? What? No, don't read that. Good news. The gospel is the good news that that God, what? Rescues who? Sinners. Sinners like me and you through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Sounds like you guys have heard that somewhere before. We believe that the gospel good news, look at what Trans World Radio says, is for everybody and all peoples, we're going to come back to that phrase, that all peoples should have access to the redemptive power of Jesus in their heart language. And so because they want the good news of Jesus to go everywhere throughout the world to all peoples, look at that second part up there, uh, TWR says they are called to reach the world for Christ through mass media, through media, and communication, and radio, and, and our smartphones, and videos, right?
2: Yeah, who doesn't have a smartphone? Who doesn't
0: have a smartphone? All, everywhere. A surprising number of people,
2: right? Yeah. Yeah. If somebody doesn't, well, yeah, I saw one hand back there. I want to talk to you afterward, you know. <laughs>
0: if you don't have one? <laughs> All right, so before, uh, we want to hear from Tyler, but take a look at the screen for this quick video, too.
4: Back in uh, the late 1950s, there was a big story hit the news. <laughs> Five missionaries were murdered.
2: Have you ever considered just how big our world is? You, yes, you, are one of the 7.8 billion people living in it. From bustling cities to desolate mountaintops, that's a lot of ground to cover. So how do you ensure everyone everywhere has access to the gospel, media. You see, media allows us to speak their language. It's a friend to the lonely, the nomadic, and those displaced by war. It delivers the gospel where missionaries and Bibles can't go, and it helps believers live out their faith when secrecy is the only way. Quite simply, media meets people where they are. Middle East, and in that 1040 window with a lot of unreached people groups. And so we started with that that ministry within TWR, and then it kind of got so big that we realized we need to split it off into two. So there's still kind of some overlap between the two teams, but I'm the director of the, the TWR video team now, and, and we produce stories. And some of those you'll be able to hear in, in just a little bit. We're going to talk mm-hmm. about an exciting project we have going on. But yeah. um, but yeah that's that's our heart uh, with our ministry with video specifically is to tell stories about what God is doing through the world and and it helps us to know the impact that TDBR has and then also we've seen those stories impact other people as they because stories impact us I mean yeah. you know who doesn't who hasn't been impacted by a story you know and and you know just at the very core of it you know by God's word the story of what Christ did for us on the cross and yeah. so stories, meet people where they are. And so we use it as a ministry tool. We use it as, as a way to communicate how God's working through the ministry.
0: Excellent. Yeah. And I know as we were um, preparing for this morning, you thought, did you have an example of a listener or something that you wanted? Yeah, to
2: Yeah, yeah, I did. So back in, I think it was 2018 or 2019, I went to Colombia in South America to bring back the story of a guy who'd been impacted by TWR back in the I think it was the nineteen eighties maybe but he was a a drug lord in in Colombia and he had twenty men that worked with him, twenty bodyguards, you know, and they they would go into the hills and they would they would um work on these these plantations and um he he actually personally knew Pablo Escobar. Mm. And so but one day and he loved to read. He was an avid reader, okay. so he would always his men would bring his books wherever they went. One day they got to a plantation, and his men had forgotten his books. And so the the he he said, "Pack everything up. I'm not going to stay here for these next couple of weeks without my books." But the owner of the plantation, a woman, she had a Bible that her son had given her. She she was not a believer, mm. but she said, "How about this?" So he, he looked at it and He said, "Okay, you know, we'll see." And so over the next couple months he would read in the evening the, uh, the Bible with his men. You know, yeah. So during the day, they were working on these cocaine plantations in the evening, they were <laughs> wow. reading the Bible. Wow. So uh, long story short, one day he'd send his men uh, away for a couple of days for a break. Uh, he'd injured himself and mm. he, was, he was in pretty bad shape. Uh, he found the radio, turned on the radio and, and, he, and he said the pastor who was speaking through the, ra- the radio, he felt like it was sitting right next to him mm. and speaking to his heart. And that's you know the combination of, the the word that they'd been they'd been reading in the evenings and that um that radio broadcast that it god grabbed the whole of his life and so we got to see his ministry firsthand in one of the most poor neighborhoods in bogota colombia the capital city there and it's amazing they've transformed that community through his ministry and it's it's just been this domino effect you know what god grabbed a hold of his life and now he's impacting so many others so that's that's just one example
0: yeah well, and that's what I love that I want us to catch is that obviously, and we're going to talk about this this morning, it's important for God to send people to share the good news of Jesus. And, and, uh, and we're part of that as a church family. And, and yet, what a unique aspect of the ministry of TWR is, is sending media, radio programs, videos it, to the people where there are almost no Christians in some cases. Yeah. And stuff, and so just kind of broadening the reach of the gospel, broadening the message of what Jesus has done, uh, using technology. Um, church family, as Tyler and I keep going for the next few minutes together, I, I want to just start here. I want to urge you: this is important. Are, are you with us right now? And, and here's what I wanted to say that for: is I mean, every Sunday when we gather, we're asking God to show us what He's got for us. But I just want you to be encouraged and excited about this because I'm really excited about being up here with Tyler and sharing the stories and, and a bit and giving us a glimpse, just a glimpse of what God is doing. And the reason I say, you know, I, I'm hopeful that God will, will spur you into excitement and to recognize this is important is because I think we could sit here and think that's out there. TWR is doing their thing out there. Tyler, we support Tyler, so Tyler can go do his thing out there. Or we can put ourselves before the Lord this morning, church family, eyes up and, and hands open, so to speak, and ask God to show us, what does this have to do with me? What is what Tyler is doing? How does that, How is God going to poke and prod and lead and encourage me to live for him? How does learning about the ministry of TWR challenge who I am as a believer in living out the ways of Jesus to those who need him? So are we ready to ask God that question? Be open to what he wants to say to us this morning? All right. Well, um, as Tyler said, we're going to share a video, and Tyler's going to talk about one of the projects, um, one of the excellent projects initiatives, missions that TWR has been on. And um, I just wanted to set the stage for that and make sure that we have some kind of common language together about where does this fit in the biblical story? Why does God call us to all peoples? So just a couple of of, uh, simple reminders from scripture here. Matthew 28 will be on the screen. This is a familiar passage to some of us. It's called the Great Commission. And here we go. And Jesus came to his disciples, his followers, and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All of God has given me the authority as your king, as your leader, as your rescuer. And now here's what I'm going to say to you. Right after he was crucified, dead, and buried, after he rose to life again, he is speaking to his followers, and then soon after he's going to ascend into heaven where he lives at the right hand of God. And this is what he left us with. Does it seem significant? Amen. Go, therefore, and make disciples. The primary command here of, Jesus's, of these couple of sentences is make disciples, meaning you, follower of Jesus, you, disciples of Jesus, help other people become followers of Jesus. And the passage tells us a few different ways we do that. The main command is make disciples. And then it goes on to explain we go, we go to them we baptize, we enfold them into the community of faith, and we teach them everything that Jesus taught us. That's how we make disciples. And then as you can see, what's the other phrase that I highlighted up there in blue? All nations. And we earlier, we looked at TWR's mission statement, and it said, take the gospel to all peoples, Um, The word in the original language here that's translated all nations is ethnos. We sometimes see the word nations, and what do we tend to think? We tend to think geopolitical countries in our world. Do you know what I'm saying? There's approximately 200 countries on the globe. And so we could get that in our minds, that we are supposed to help people follow Jesus in all countries, or... We dig a little deeper on what the word ethnos means, and it's peoples, people groups, all peoples. And what's the distinction there? Where there's only about 200 countries, geopolitical nations in the world, depending on who you ask and what the research says, you're talking, what, thousands mm-hmm. of people groups, I believe. Mm-hmm. People group, what is a people group? A people group is a group of people that are united by their culture, their language, their values, and the way they live together, and and there are thousands of people groups, and then Tyler, a few minutes ago, used the term unreached peoples. There are places on the globe where there are churches and Christians and Bibles translated in their language. And there are places and people groups in, in, in our world where there are barely any, if, if any, Christians, maybe no Bible in their, in their heart language, and, and, uh, and, and perhaps no churches for them to learn about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about unreached people, that's what we're talking about is, how might God want us to take the good news of Jesus not just to different countries, but to every people group who needs to hear it in their heart language. So far, so good? Okay, now, fast forward to the end of time. This, this glorious vision now is on the screen from Revelation. This is the Apostle John's vision of the future, of the true future. When Jesus returns and sets all things right, earlier we sang a song a few minutes ago, worthy is the lamb. What will we followers of Jesus be doing in the future? Here we have it. After this, I looked and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, There was people standing before the throne and before the Lamb of God, Jesus, clothed in white robes and palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. The same God who gave the great commission that the good news of Jesus is to go to all peoples, the same God, we know the end of the story, makes it happen. That, that at the end, that, that when Jesus returns, the people surrounding the throne and worshiping Him will be from every tongue, tribe and nation, from every people group. And so faith, church family, do we want the good news of Jesus to go to unreached peoples? Amen: Yeah, amen. So um, I, I wanted us to just kind of see biblically the mission that God's called us to, individually and as a church family. To see that the gospel, good news of Jesus, goes to all peoples, and so here's where we get to now see um, how our partnership with Tyler and our partnership with TWR is is impacting the world. And so I don't know if you wanted to say anything about this video before we show it, or should we just jump? Yeah, into yeah.
2: I'll just say really quick that that um, this will kind of give you the backstory before we dive into some of these. These, um, these ideas, these um, analogies that have come out of this that have really impacted me and have helped me see and, and have that heart for the unreached. But, um, but this, is, this is about an unreached people group. You know, I mean, believe it or not, there are people who have not heard uh, in their generation about the name of Jesus and, and this story is about him. So it's yeah. about 10 minutes and then we'll come back up. Sounds good.
0: So remember, let's marvel at what God is doing among his people all over the world but let's also ask him, what's this have to do with me and, and how am I called to be part of the mission?
4: Back in uh, the late 1950s, there was a big story hit the news. Five missionaries were murdered by the Auka Indians in Ecuador as they were trying to reach them with the gospel. And that, that news hit the newspapers and back in the United States, a guy called Ivan Schoen who was a construction worker, uh, took a lunch break up on the roof of a building, and he had the uh, the New York Times with him. And he opened the newspaper and saw this headline story about these five missionaries. And he folded up the newspaper, went down from the roof, and went up to his boss and said, "Uh, I'm going to the mission field, and quit his job.
5: My family first went to Suriname, South America, in 1961. And to be pioneer missionaries to indigenous people that were back in the jungle. Prior to that, there had been very minimal contact with those people. They were believed to be very fierce people, um, you know, with a history of tribal warfare and killing, uh, and uh, yet my parents felt that oh, God was calling them uh, to be a missionary to those indigenous people, to take the gospel uh, to those people. Mm-hmm.
4: So they went down to Suriname, they had uh, the Shones, Ivan and Doris, they had three kids. And they took them to the jungles and they they set up camp on a a clearing by the river near the Wayana village. There where we pitched a tent and we lived in that tent for nine
5: months, Uh, during that time uh, the Indians, they would come into around where our tent was except they would stay in the jungle just beyond the cleared area, and, but you could see them out there just kind of peeking in through the leaves and
4: the foliage. And they had a council and they said, well, what should we do about these strangers, uh, these white people? Uh, have, they come to, uh, have they come to fight us or to, to, to take our women and our children? So maybe we should just attack them and kill them now and in case they're a threat then others in the council said, well, if, if they would have come to, to, to fight with us, why did they bring their kids and their, and their wives? And so they realized, okay, so they, they don't have hostile intentions. Let's just wait them out and find out what they're all about.
5: So as time went on, we began to develop relationships with the people as we began to learn the language. Uh, my parents, my dad in particular, he would uh, always take around some three by five cards with a, uh, a pen and a piece of paper there, and whenever he heard an Indian talk, he would try to write down what, what, he, uh, what he was listening to. Uh, for instance, if an Indian came in in the morning, he would say, mom kakono? And uh, so he'd write that down, mom kakono? and then he'd say equals first thing in the morning. Um, maybe means good morning, and then he'd file those every night and then he would kind of go through that file to try to see what things matched up. And they eventually learned enough of the language to communicate to the chief. And uh, his name was Noai. and he and my dad built a real, uh, real strong relationship, and he was very helpful in helping my dad to learn the language itself. Uh, well, the Wayana and the tree are both animistic in belief and their whole world view, as we began to learn it, is centered around evil spirits. And so everything that they did you know, centered around that. They wouldn't go into certain areas in the jungle at certain times because the shaman had told them that there were spirits there. Uh, and all spirits were evil spirits. There was no good spirit with the exception of the
4: creator spirit. And uh, the chief said, why are you here? and the Sean said well we're here to tell you about the great spirit Jesus who we worship and uh, we're also here to 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 we wanna we wanna teach you his word we were able to begin to present Christ in the fashion that that
5: great spirit uh, you know may have left at that point but that he sent his son uh, and his son's name is Jesus to tell them about him. One of the shaman um, his name was Tamenta. He had a withered leg, uh, completely just you know a non-functional leg, and so he would just tie it up. And, you know, kind of pull it up, and he had it tied up around his waist there, and uh, he just would walk on both his hands and one leg. The shaman had full you know control over evil spirits uh, to do both good and both ev- and evil, so he could do good as well as cast curses. Uh, and, in fact, he was responsible for having killed two other people uh, just prior to coming in uh, into the jungle there. But then after a while, he was off in his own little village, and uh, we had heard that he was very, very sick and was going to die. Uh, so my dad and mom and, uh, got the family together. We paddled up to his village. And uh, once we were there, he indeed was really sick. Uh, My dad started them on a a a routine of antibiotics, and we stayed with them for quite a while uh, and nursed them back to health again. And during that time, my parents were able to share uh, the gospel. And uh, he made a profession of faith, uh, and after which he came back to the main village there and he told everybody that he had now accepted Uh, Jesus as his savior and he took out his dual charm bag uh, and uh, and he showed everybody in the village each one of the different charms that he used during his incantations and then at the end of it he put them in in his bag and he threw that bag out into the river Uh, and uh, that was had such an impact upon the people that um, there began to become more of a a mass conversion of, of the entire tribe.
4: One of the the problems that the Wayana are facing now today, now that several generations since they received Christ, is the younger people are are moving away from the main village and and moving more into the, the jungle. They're under pressure from uh, society, social pressures. The, uh, there's miners that are coming into the region, and uh, they want to They want to isolate themselves more from them. Also, the hunting grounds are being depleted around the main villages. So they're going further off into the jungle and creating smaller villages. And this is a, a real challenge for the Wayana church elders as they try and disciple their flock and keep their flock together and also keep their flock taught the Bible and, and, and taught spiritual things and counseled and, and advised. Discipling is very, very difficult when the people are no longer in a central area.
5: And so we began to pray together about that problem. Uh, and the, the idea of having a radio ministry uh, came up. And so we prayed about God providing and, and, and making a way for us to develop a radio ministry. We prayed for several years for that and it didn't seem like that was going anywhere either. Uh, and then one day we got a, a you know, a message um, that uh, there was a, a, an individual who was a, a donor rep for Transworld Radio, and uh, he knew my parents, and he reached out and said, hey, why don't you talk with Transworld Radio? And so we in
4: TWR, we have decided that we're, we're going to help them by estab- helping to establish a radio station, one radio station for the Wayana and one for the Trio, so that they can disciple and keep in contact with uh, with their people around the jungle. So the chief that came to Christ, his name is Nuake, and um, actually Nuake means tongue. And Ivan and Nuake became very very close uh, friends and. Uh, then Nuakee agreed to help Ivan to do the translation work of the of the Bible into into Wayana, and they started in the in the in the late 60s, and in the mid 70s they completed the New Testament, and so the New Testament was was presented to the uh, to the Wayana people. So that's basically a lot of the of the theological teaching that they have received has been the New Testament teaching. Recently they were able to complete the translation of the Old and New Testament and produce and print the Bibles and have them bound and and into book form. The Shons hoped to go to Suriname to actually uh, present the Bible to the Wayana themselves and to uh, have a celebration of the completion of the scriptures. But with COVID, they were unable to travel there. We will give them the Bibles now
3: as a present. I see. Okay, good
4: but they were able to send uh, a package with Bibles to the, to the village. And just recently, they were able to present a completed Bible to Nuaje who is now old and frail in his hammock. <laughs>
5: <laughs> That we can walk a obrig, but Not be part of our ate bird. Can do I
4: This Christmas season, uh, as we celebrate the gift of Jesus Christ and and what that means for the world, we're just grateful at TWR that, that we can also share the gift the gift of the good news with so many around the world and in the situation of the Wayana that uh, we can share the gift of radio with them and uh, good Christian content and uh, through the Bible radio home groups and we're just grateful that God has called us to present the gift of, of the gospel and, and good solid Bible teaching to so many in the world.
0: Aren't you glad you have God's word in your language? Did you see what it took to get it there for Nuahe? And I would love to continue to be part, in small ways or in big ways, for us to be part of seeing more Nuahe's hear the good news of Jesus in their heart language right? Amen. So yeah, Tyler, we'd love to hear a little more about.
2: Yeah, so this this story obviously really impacted us when we, the uh, gentleman you first saw uh, with T.W.R., he's got the the Canadian accent, he he told us about this story, about the Shones, and about what T.W.R. is doing and, and is uh, setting up these radio stations in Suriname, South America. And, and we said, well, we have to, we have to travel to, to California to interview Tom. Yeah. And then it just, it turned into this video, what you saw, and, and uh, it just really impacted us. So after we interviewed Tom in California back in, in 2021, I think it was September, uh, we said, we, you know, we prayed about it. We really felt like as a team that God was laying on our hearts to produce a documentary about this family, because we realized that as much as this story had impacted us, that it potentially it could impact others, yeah. because it's such a relatable story. You know, Ivan, he was just a construction worker, and then look at, you know, what he's accomplished, what yeah. God has accomplished through him. It's just incredible. I'm gonna go. So, so yeah, it's, it's just amazing. So, so anyway, we, we talked to, to Tom about that, and, and he said, he said, yeah, let me talk to my parents. And, and, uh, they, they'd actually had several groups approach them about creating books or documentaries, but they, they didn't want that. They didn't want the publicity. Uh, and they especially did not want anything created about their story before the work was done. They wanted the work to be completed. Mm-hmm. And of course in 2020 was when the old and the new Testament were bound into the one book form and, and delivered to the Wayana. And so, but, uh, but he talked to his parents and, and they said yes. And, uh, you know, this was, this was sometime in uh, November, I think that we finally got around to this conversation with Tom and, and he said, you better come quick. He said, you better come with the next couple of weeks because mm. Ivan, you saw him, he's now 91, I think. Yeah. And, um, he's got Alzheimer's. Mm. And, um, so he said, it's getting worse by the month. He mm. said, you better come right away. So we, we went, into their home in Texas for, for four days, and and uh, we're just blown away. Just it, even magnitudes greater than what you saw there in terms of the story and, and the experiences that they shared firsthand were just, they really impacted us. So yeah. uh, I, I want to share a couple of those stories if we have time. Sure, yep. Um, but, um, but yeah, you know, again, we were so impacted by the story, we, we want to share it. With as many people as we can, and so um, we want to make this this documentary available to uh, to churches, uh, to whoever uh, w- wants to see it, and um, and and you know, so we we've, we've got the the work that we're doing with the radio stations in Suriname, and then we've got this documentary that we also feel can be a way to reach an audience in the U.S. Okay. and uh, and to. Who knows? You know, maybe maybe become part of God's plan for a sparking revival within the church in America. Right um, you know, so so, yeah. but but I want to share a couple things here that okay. that um, struck us as we listened to Ivan and Doris when we were interviewing them in, in Texas, uh, because when you, for us, as we experienced through their stories, this people group encountering God for the first time and encountering truths about God for the first time, it opened up our eyes in ways that we'd never thought about the truths of of the Bible. Just yeah. it's it's just incredible. So, so again, they were animistic people groups. So they lived in constant fear of evil spirits and everything that they did was was to appease those those spirits. Mm-hmm. They were as as Ivan and Doris and, and Tom told us, they were a dying people group and it was because of their their bondage in sin to this um, this way of living, the the animistic people group, but yeah. but also it was it had to do with with how they treated their their newborns, what they would do mm. uh, is once a newborn uh, was born, it would just be dropped on the ground, mm. and it was up to the father whether that child lived mm. and and so the way that that was um, the way that he was signaled that is is that the the child he would lift the child up from the ground and and then that was that was a signal that the child would live and so these they, they didn't even have the words for salvation, mm-hmm. but from that experience was where they, they got their, mm-hmm. their word for salvation. Mm-hmm. They said, he is our lifter. Wow. So that was just a, a powerful. And the Psalms describe yeah. God as the lifter yep. of our head. And the, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that really impacted us. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the second one, uh, sorry, I want to tell you is the, uh, the wasp and the, the ant ceremony. Before, they became, uh, before the Word got a hold of them and transformed their lives, they would, uh, children would go through the, this, this ceremony, this initiation, and they would, they would weave these baskets, and, um, and they would put hundreds of biting ants and wasps through these, and then they would tie them onto them, uh, and and these these uh, wasps and ants were were starved. They went through their own ceremony before this process, and, and he described it was. He said it was a horrible thing that they did, and, mm. and um, you know some some did not survive that. Mm. And so, but um, but everybody every everyone went through it at, at a young age. I think he said ten to, to thirteen, something like that. But he said Nuahe, who you you heard about in the video. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he, that he's the chief of the village of the Wayana, when he was about to go through his initiation, he said, he said he was terrified, you know, it was a horrible thing. And they weren't allowed to cry. They weren't allowed to to cry out at all. Uh, He said that they had everything ready. They were about to tie it on to him. And he said, before they did, his father stepped up. Really? And he said, place it on me. Wow. So, and, and he said that had never happened before. Mm-hmm. He said that was unheard of. You know mm-hmm. that just, um, and so that was, that was where they got their. That was their preliminary introduction for what Christ did on the cross for them, yes. and that's how that, that experience is where they got their idea of substitution. Wow! Um, and they, they, you know, again, they don't they don't even have these concepts in their their, their vocabulary, but right. but God is placed into uh, a people group. The, these ideas yeah. through, through experiences, things that are happening. And it's not by accident. You no. know, we, we serve a sovereign God. And so. I, um, I
0: always I like the expression weaving threads of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And it, it, like you're describing, yeah. there's, there's threads, truths of the gospel in mm-hmm. their culture. That's right. Even with, when they don't even know it. That's right. And then we have opportunities, church family, as we interact with people who need Jesus, to weave threads of the gospel, to see where things they're going through. Things they do relate to mm-hmm. give us little opportunities to, to share glimpses, parts of the good news story. Yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely. Sorry yeah. to interrupt you there. No, but that that's, was, that's, that's, that's a great really analogy, a great example. Yeah, that is a great analogy, yeah. and that's that's one thing that's impacted me uh, for sure. Uh, the third, the last story I want to tell you is um, about the the the, the tribe, and so after the Wayan and the trio became believers, uh, they were on fire for the Lord, and uh, Ivan and Doris, they were translating the, the Bible into their own language, and they would, they had a um, mimeograph machine, you know, I, mm. um, I'm, I was born in the 90s, I didn't even see this, thing. I've never seen, it. But, but, uh, but they would have these, each, you know, each book of the Bible was, you know, and so they would, they would, when they went to, to church, they had this whole stack, you know, each, right. each book of the Bible, because they didn't know what was going to be preached from that morning, and so they brought all of them, but they treated God's Word with such reverence, and and um, you know they, they had these bags that were designated for these Bibles mm. and uh, it was, it was just, but but anyway so mm. but they they recognized that they also had this commission to reach others uh, in their area and mm. so even though the, these these communities these tribes are very closed they said to Ivan Doris, they said you know we think that there's this other tribe out there. And, and they're a pre- prehistoric tribe, one of the last prehistoric tribes called the Akurio. And so they said, well, uh, let's send out mission teams to go find them. And mm. so, you know, now you have these, these teams, are sending out, yeah. uh, you know, they, these, these, these believers, are sent, newer believers are sending out mission teams with Ivan and Doris. And so they, over the process of months, you know, they, they did not want to be found, the Akurio, mm. But they found them, they made contact with them. Uh, it took them a while to gain trust with them. They had to, they had to learn their language. The Wayana and the trio, they're, they're so smart. You know, Ivan and Doris said that some of them would learn to read and write, because Ivan and Doris had to teach them to read and write in order to, to give them God's word, to study God's word. Yeah. So some of them could learn in six weeks. But they, they learned the language of the Kurium, and uh, they they were, they, again, they were even worse conditioned than the Wayana when Ivan and Doris found them. They were a dying people group, and they were much smaller. And so in conversation with, with the Wayana and the trio, Ivan and Doris said, what if we, we bring them to your tribe? What if we integrate them with your tribe? Okay. Because otherwise they're just, they're going to die out. They recognize that too. Mm-hmm. And so with their permission, the Akutios, they, they, they got their permission. They said, we're gonna fly you to the Wayana and, and integrate with you, w- with them. And, and if it doesn't work, we'll, we'll bring you back. You know? And so this is, this is totally on, on your own volition. So they agreed. They brought him there. And so Ivan, every year, he would ask them uh, on the anniversary of, of when they integrated them, brought them. He said, he said, do you want to go back to where you came from? Mm. And they said, no, no, this is where the food is. Because there was good hunting grounds there. Okay. And so he said, okay. So second year, he asked them, hey, you know, we can bring you back if you want to go back to where you were, where you came from. And they said, no, no, this is where the food is. Hmm. So he said, okay, the third time, and he said, this was the last time he asked them. He, they said, do you want to go back to where you came from? And they said, no, no, brother, this is where the gospel is. And so it got a hold of them, just yeah. like it did the Wayana. So, yeah. so anyway. That was that seeing, seeing a people group encounter these concepts for the first time is just, you know, the excitement is contagious, you know, as we have heard these stories. Yeah.
0: And so what does God have for us, church family? Some of you are going to go to far places and you know what? It won't be kicking and screaming. God's going to move in some of your lives to travel to far places to share the good news of Jesus with unreached people groups. And, and, and praise God for that. And we want to pray with you and join you in that ministry. And then, and then for those that don't, that God maybe doesn't call to that particular role. What does this have to do with us? D- d- has God grabbed a hold of you with ex- a little bit of excitement this morning for seeing people find that news for the first time? For reading a Bible in their own heart language for the first time? We, we need to have that same burden of excitement for the people around us in our spheres of influence here in our city, in our state, in our country who don't yet know Jesus. We need to be so, so excited about the difference that Jesus makes that we want to be part of, of God using us in their lives. And so um, that's what was fun too, as Tyler and I prepared for this morning is, you know, what, what's Tyler learning that applies also to his life in the States with with people around him. What what do we, as we learn about the ministry of TWR, church family, what do, what's God saying to us this morning? Um, You know, for me, it was, it was in the video um, when, uh, when the Shones first got to the, the village and I just heard the phrase in the video, as time went by, they began to build relationships and learn the language and I think that applies to us. Build relationships over the long haul in your spheres of influence, your families, your coworkers, your fellow students, your neighbors, um, whoever it is that God already has you in contact with. Build relationships over the long haul. And then, and then what does it look like? I'm sure this may maybe what we'll talk about a little bit, you know, is, and, and what I want you all of you to think about is what does it look like to learn their language, you know, maybe we're not actually having to translate, maybe we're not actually learning a new language, but as you're interacting with non-believing people in your spheres of influence, what does it look like to learn the language, to, to know them, to know the ins and outs of their lives, and their struggles, and their pains, and their passions, and be able then to weave threads of the gospel. Mm-hmm. That, I, that's how I want God to use um, this morning in our lives. So... Yeah, what, what what came to your mind too when we were talking about that? Yeah,
2: yeah. So just a couple things that I have that have kind of spoken to me through the the story of of the Wayan and the trio. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, just like the Shones, they they went to great lengths to learn about that people group every day. You know, they were paying attention, they were listening, mm-hmm. they were writing these things down, mm-hmm. they were studying this people group, and you know, just just like they were studying that group, so that they could reach them with the gospel, yeah. I think that we need to also study whoever we are in contact with. Yes. Unbelieving people that we have in our life, God has placed these people into our lives. We need to learn about them so that we can, uh, so we can best know how to introduce them to spiritual concepts yeah. and, and create those inroads because I think, that's, I think that's really important. I think that if we listen about, uh, to what they're telling us, things about their own life, experiences that they've had, I think that that is how we can best approach them with these spiritual concepts. Yeah. And so, so that's, that's one thing that I've been trying to apply in my own life, you know, especially, and, and nobody's perfect at it. Obviously, you know, we all have times that we have encountered people and said, oh, I could have said this or I could have said that. But when you look back at those conversations with those people and start to think, okay, here's what I could have said you can apply those to future conversations with people, and so I've, I've started to try to to, to shift the mi- mindset a little bit, so that people that I encounter, even if it's just a, a you know a casual interaction with somebody that you're you're you know passing by in the airport, you m- maybe you have a few minutes to talk to them. What are things that they're telling me that create inroads to to the gospel, to spiritual yeah. concepts, uh, to make it a natural transition? Right. And and important to remember in that is that you know, we don't save people, you know, the Holy Spirit does, God does Amen. the saving work, yeah. uh, you know, hallelujah, yeah. but, um, but He absolutely uses us, and so um, you never know what you say, uh, how that might affect them in a future interaction that they might have with somebody else.
0: Yeah, can we be obedient as the Holy Spirit prompts us, can we be obedient to engage in relationships and ask questions and get to know and study and listen and care, mm-hmm. and then be ready for those natural yeah. opportunities? Absolutely, yeah.
2: and and they will come. You know, yeah. they, they they absolutely will. Uh, God loves bringing those people into our lives, and if we're faithful to respond to those opportunities that He gives us, I think that He'll continue uh, enabling us to have the right words to say in those those conversations. Yeah. Um, but yeah, right on. Well, can you see why I love that our church family supports Tyler and Jennifer
0: and family? And why I love that, um, that uh, learning about the ministry of TWR um, hopefully lifts our eyes and gives us wonder for what God is doing in the world and, and because the good news of Jesus needs to go to all people. Um, so... Uh, you know, if you're not already aware, I just want you to know, church family, that your generous giving, when you worship God by giving your financial gifts, when we receive offerings and, and, and you give financially, um, part of your giving is go, in our budget is supporting Tyler and family and, and our other missionaries as well. So as God prompts you, with, as God is generous to us and your generosity, His generosity overflows out of you, to this ministry here, um, one of those awesome things that God is doing is working through Tyler and family and, and TWR. So um, just thankful for that opportunity. And I, and I wanted to mention too that um, we partner with them monthly already. Uh, some of you individually perhaps are partnered with them uh, financially in support of their ministry as well. Uh, as, as we all are experiencing, times change, the economy changes, family needs change. Um, so I know Tyler and family do still have a little bit of a gap between uh, their monthly budget needs and, um, and, and, the, and the finances that are coming in. So as you get to know him more today or in, in weeks and months to come, uh, as you learn about uh, TWR, as you meet Tyler and family, if that's something that God puts on your heart, I invite you to talk to them about that as well. So... Yeah. And
2: I just want to say, yeah, yeah, I just want to say thank you so much to, to you, Derek, and to you, Faith Church family, that you've walked with us these past five years, and it's been an incredible journey. And there's there's so much encouragement and support that we feel from you all, and we're we're so thankful for that. Awesome. A uh, huge blessing to us, yeah. and um, we're going to be out here in the, in the foyer afterward. Good. I was, was uh, going to ask table. if you're sticking around. Yeah, yeah, we're sticking around. So, okay. So if you want to chat with us, we'll be out there, and we have some materials. We have a prayer card. Um, and I brought up uh, this. Uh, we have some of these. It's called A Closer Look at TWR. It just has some basic info about our ministry, a little bit of the history, a little bit of our strategy and some stories. So feel free to grab these, a prayer card. And then we also have a sheet where you can sign up to receive our, our monthly new, or uh, I guess bi-monthly or quarterly newsletter. Yeah. So you can stay in touch with us that way too.
0: Yeah, I encourage you, church family, help this, help this go from, from out there, you know, those people, that thing. Help it get down closer to home a little bit. Uh, stick around. Say hi to Tyler and Jennifer. Get to know them. Uh, go find out a little bit more about the ministry. Sign up for the email list. When the emails come in, get this. You could try this. Read them. And, 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 and just, you know, and, and let God work in us as we track with and kind of, um, and learn more about the world and what God's doing in the world through Tyler and his ministry. So thankful Mm. for you, brother. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we're going to pray and, uh, and then we're going to have a chance to, uh, Tyler's going to pray. I'm going to pray. And then we're going to have a chance to stand and sing and lift our voices in response of worship and thank God for all he's doing. So let's, let's pray.
2: All right. Father God, we just thank you so much for this opportunity to worship you together this morning, Lord. Uh, we thank you that you are sovereign in our lives, God, that we can trust you uh, to, to work in us, God, uh, that we don't, we don't have to, to seek you alone, God. We can do it with each other, and through the power of your word and your Holy Spirit, God, you're speaking to us and working in our own lives to make us more like you, God. Mm-hmm. And um, through that process, God, you also use us to reach others, Lord. And so I pray that you would speak to everyone here, Lord, as we leave this place, that uh, that you would show us those people in our lives lord that uh, that you want us to reach out to and lord i pray that you would enable us to do that through your spirit that you would enable us to do that lord thank you for this this church family thank you for their heart for missions lord uh, both globally worldwide supporting ministries like TWR and for reaching their own communities god so i pray that you would uh, you would go before us this morning god that you would Put in our hearts and our minds, Lord, in these conversations, these encounters that we have with people, Lord, would you would you speak to us, Lord? Would you would we be your mouthpiece, God? Would you use us to re- reach a lost world, Lord, and point them to you?
0: Mm-hmm. And Father, as a, as a church family, we uh, just want to pray for Tyler and Jennifer and the kids, and entrust them to your continued care. Thank you so much for your love for them and in the way that you uh, have and continue to use them, uh, serving Jesus by serving others. Uh, God, would your grace just abound to them in all the ups and downs of life and the challenges and all that you've given them to do, would your grace abound to them and would they be encouraged and strengthened for all that you've called them to? And, and Father, as we uh, now continue in worship, as we give our offerings, and as we lift our voices, and we say our prayers, and we encourage one another and enjoy each other's friendship, may it all be out of thankfulness for all you've done. Uh, God, may we never take for granted that we have the Word of God, the Bible, in our own language, we, uh, that we have the opportunity to gather as a church family. Uh, that we know other Christians. So God, would you strengthen us, help us to walk with Jesus each day. And as we grow as disciples, would part of our growth be helping other people meet and follow and live for Jesus. So God, use us as you see fit. We're thankful for your love. Help us to be conduits of your love and proclaimers of the good news of Jesus in all we do. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.